listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. Bahia, in one line, (laughs) let me have your name, your title, and the name of your fund. I am Bahia Yasmin Robinson, founding partner of Include Venture Partners and founder and CEO of VC Include. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. What inspired you to become a venture capitalist or an investor? So I've been an investor for a number of years, over 10 years. I um, actually started in impact investing and oh, wonderful! Um, yeah, it's that word, that term has obviously evolved now. It's a, now we talk more about ESG as an institutionalized, uh, right. you know, version of what was impact, but definitely was part of that movement and that asset class in the earlier days, kind of when main proponents called GIN or the Global Impact Investment Network really started to drill into, you can make two kinds of investments, positive or negative. Impact investing was designed and was brought up as a new asset class, really looking at how could we make capital or drive alpha as well as positive social um, change and impact. And I was a social entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur, I should say, in high school. And I started my first business then with another entrepreneurial girlfriend. And we, by early first year or so of college, were importing textiles from Tanzania and really looking at supply chain women cooperatives, making cloths. And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, went ham on, on that project. But there was nothing, this was right as digital we weren't mm-hmm. digital so right. we were just starting to proliferate on the web and using digital technology to drive business. From the 2000s, once I got out of, out of school, I had really decided instead of going into, I wanted to become a, a diplomat or an ambassador. But once I started my first company, I really decided that entrepreneurship was the way. And I really didn't think about investment in that sense. I really thought Mm -hmm. about how do you drive social change? How do you develop networks for economic development more broadly? And again, from this like more diplomatic perspective, Yeah, I started to realize over my career, I managed a lot of businesses, a couple high net worth individuals and artists in my in my twenties, pretty successfully and and pretty high level. And I realized that the missing component of being a value creator in a lot of cases, particularly with the increasingly digital environment was access to capital. In some cases, sure, alone, but in a lot of cases from technology perspective, investing in a 
idea mm-hmm. that you potentially scale. And my, my dad, who was an orphan, born black man in, at Harlem Hospital in 1938, wow. figured out how to become a, a scientist and technologist. He, he graduated, he was one of the first black men uh, to get a PhD at, at, in physics at Stanford. And I was, for, I was wow. born at Stanford, but I didn't grow up in the Bay. I'm mm-hmm. here in the Bay now. So again, this kind of weaving of business, science, tech. My father was, I was his secretary when he launched his startup when I was also in high school. So I was part secretary for work and also having these other little businesses. Like right? regular school. And then you had your little other I side hustle happening. I had then, a hustle. Yeah, I've been hustling. You had a lot going on. <laughs> I've been hustling since high school for sure. And, and so I saw my dad, his, as a science research scientist at IBM, but also he moved to Southeast Asia and started a land WAN company. So I was around mm-hmm. that early. Mm-hmm. Um, and really started coding and and junior high and stuff, but again, didn't think about the investment piece. So all of that fast forward, building these businesses, managing businesses. And I'm like, I'm still on the kind of social entrepreneurship, entrepreneur side until the financial crisis, actually. Yes. 2008. 2008 happened mm-hmm. and I had been a good girl working at the council on foreign relations, thinking about, I had just left there to start another company and, but I hadn't gotten quite off the ground and I had good clients at the time, but once the crash happened, no more clients with some savings, but just figuring out the next thing. And gratefully I was working in Brazil. I was working in the U S again, doing a lot and working with, with entrepreneurs. And I lucked up and started focusing on Africa. And, oh, okay. and so 2009, 2010, this all comes together with investment. So mm-hmm. 2000, 2009, 10, the shift from social entrepreneurship to investing in potential co- into companies, into small and medium-sized businesses started yes. to really take on. Mm-hmm. And I got a position as a senior consultant at a large NGO building public-private partnerships to invest in the continent. And oh, that's I feel awesome. like it was like the click. It was the aha mm-hmm. moment that said, here are these pathways to investment, to grow businesses, to then yes. create wealth. Yes. Perfect. Great. And in Africa, I was already, my parents had been in Africa. I was pet born as we're all part of Africa. I kind of had that worldview. So I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. When I got and digged it, dug into the African landscape, a lot of, not a lot of investment and some investment, but not really investment right, into right. the continent. And so I started getting curious about how do you accelerate that? And then I lucked up one, one of my lucky moments where, um, I you had an opportunity to start co-investing with capital from the U S state department, awesome. African affairs and, and the world bank. And so I then became an investor. So at first I was sourced, first I was an entrepreneur, then I was sourcing entrepreneurs to invest in. Mm-hmm. And then I culminated into having capital to invest and to source. And I thought, this is it. So yeah. this is 2012 now. So 2012, I am now in the position to deploy capital to early stage investors across the continent, excuse me, founders, not investors, not there yet, almost getting to the investors. Getting part. there. <laughs> and so I, it was a, it was a, it, there were a number of aha moments around, again, understanding what type of businesses require investment. Yes. Need investment. What type of financial support is needed to grow? Sometimes you can grow organically. Sometimes it's, you need that bumps. And if it's, you yeah. know, capital intensive thing. 
a startup, then maybe you need some, some capital to start. The other thing though, that I realize is investment requires an enabling environment. That's true. And what I'm, and yeah, and what I mean by that is that mm-hmm. if you're not, if you don't have a network of investors to go to for money, a la many underrepresented, under historically underrepresented groups, yeah, then there's very little chance of you. There's little. There's point zero zero six for black right. women, you know, opportunity to really get in front of other folks that have that type of capital to invest. And so, I started to understand that in a very fundamental way. And so. I really became not just an investor, but an ecosystem builder because I wanted to figure out how do you create- That's critical. Yeah, and, and enabling environments, investor environments mm-hmm. to invest in these historically underrepresented groups. So, so did that for a few years, built the ecosystem, first tech conferences in partnership with a number of, of blue chip tech companies and, and foundations, et cetera, and public and private companies and corporations. And then I really turned to- back to the US in 2015, I came back to New York. I wasn't planning on staying, but I saw something that really was disturbing to me. I saw that I left in 2010 after the the crash, came back to New York in 2015 and the city looked much differently. Bloomberg at the time had really done a great job in creating this new kind of tech technology hub in, in, in New York that wasn't there in 2008, 9, 10. Right, right, yeah. And, but what I saw was, pattern matching to Silicon Valley, which was mm-hmm. you know, well-heeled, capitalized white guys, God bless them, that were doing their thing, <laughs> making yeah. a whole bunch of money and no women to be seen, I mean, a handful, but none. And just like the other percentages. Exactly. <laughs> like you said I didn't know until around that time, it was actually 2%, 2% yes. of women who received venture capital. But I, I knew that because I've been in the space and then where the women, Latinas and the black women and the Asian, mm-hmm. there was, it was just, was so small, minuscule, less one, two, less than 2%, less than 1%, less than half a percent. And so that data started coming out just around that 2016, 17. The other number that came out that was really drove me in deeper into the investment world was that 1.3% of asset managers, right? Which include capitalists mm-hmm. and impact and all these other yep. mm-hmm. 1.3% of those were actually women and people of color. Right. 1.3%. So I just, I was like, That's what- <laughs> I'm not a science expert. I'm not a physicist, but that actually does correlate. It's a correlation. <laughs> you know? I, I can figure that I'm a 1.2, one plus what? It equals yes, what? exactly. And, so, <laughs> and, um, the, and thus this, and thus this. And, and that's this. Oh, oh, okay. This, that's why it makes sense. 1.3%, then less than one. Got it. And so that really was like, it's seared in my, that's 2016 mm-hmm. for two years. I thought I was asked to join a How fund. How do you close that gap? Yeah. First mm-hmm. of all, I was like, I need to be an asset manager. That was a kind of the first thing. And I thought, that's cool. But how do you scale it? Because I, I realized by 2017, my real why. That's a good question. How, how do you scale, scale that? How do you scale investment, accelerate and amplify investment yes. to historically underrepresented groups? At scale. Because I was raising capital for need money. You need money and you need technology. You need both. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I got it a little late, but I got it for me just in that whole, it was one step in front of the other. I was like, okay, okay. And so by 20, early 2018, I was just, I was obsessed. I was like, who's even aggregating diverse managers? Who's emerging managers? All these words that I didn't understand at the time. Fund, I understood asset managers. I understood fund managers. 
managers. I hadn't quite gotten to, oh, you're talking about emerging managers. Mm-hmm. Well, where does that come from? Well, that comes from the pension plans. The pension plans had these emerging manager programs trying to invest in more underrepresented funds. And, and, and there were waves of that, that history and Syncom, which was the first black run, successful VC, and just really learning a lot of the history and the, the trials and tribulations, how the, you know, the crash, the dot-com crash crashed mm-hmm. a few of the, of the early funds that were by, by diverse managers and, and black and brown and how that kind of soured. I mean, it was just really, it is really a fascinating history. I think a couple of colleagues of mine are, are really digging into that story, but it's one that absolutely needs to be told. But I, I, I 100% that. agree because I think if we understand the historical perspective of why it is, we can then evolve that and go, okay, lesson learned, we can do something a little bit different. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so I know I'm going into your second, I actually think I took your thunder around. It's your a, second hey, question. it's not, hey, I'll just throw it out there. So what's your investment thesis and what's the motivation behind your thesis? Yeah, I'd say, again, the mission of what I've built, what, what I've built with my partners and, and was, is an ecosystem, right? Talking mm-hmm. about that in the beginning and the yep. Africa context, but I really want to be not just an investor, but an investor of investors and an amplifier and accelerator of investors so that it trickled down at scale. And so I realized that was my four or five, five years ago, that was what I wanted to achieve. Then the question was how, mm-hmm. and so my thesis is betting on historically outperforming diverse managers, because we know diversity drives higher returns, mm-hmm. women and people of color run firms in the venture capital and impact slash ESG space, mm-hmm. really in alternatives, but we're, you know, we're starting where, what we know best, right? Makes we sense. know best and building an ecosystem and vehicles to support that effort. So that's actually venture- very, very smart. Thank you. Yeah. And so on the vehicle side, on the being an LP and a GP really looks like having a team of partners with, with sector experience and mm-hmm. clean tech and sustainability and the things that are going to drive the people and, and planet forward, right. uh, but with an eye towards alpha and yes. just market size, market returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure that our team, which is a combination of institutional great investors and long-term impact and sustainability investors who also have walked the walk, have created jobs at scale that have driven growth in LMI, low and moderate income communities at scale and right. uh, work with multiple states like California mm-hmm. and Florida and Maryland and New York right. so, uh, to look at both the, the macro uh, yes. opportunities, but also the, the micro opportunities as well. So yeah, so the strategy is diverse managers, women and, and diverse manager focus as a niche and around clean tech, ed tech, fintech, health tech, and Ooh. sustainability at large as our core investment thesis. And we're well positioned, I think, because of the platform that I built in 2018, VC Include, and the pipeline of emerging managers that we have, hundreds mm-hmm. of them that we've engaged either through the platform or through our emerging manager programs, which we have 15 funds going through a BIPOC wow. fund manager. Fellowship. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, and the funds that we are looking to, uh, that we have high conviction over that we want to uh, double down on and be, become generation generational wealth creators and builders because we're picking the best. So we should be there able you go. to to not just source, but also invest in them as well. 100%.
So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? I'd say that there's the fun parts and the the personal parts and the professional parts. I'd say for professional, I'm obsessed with a book called Resonant Leadership. I spent a lot of time thinking about how to build culture, how to build at the beginning, at the onset, because it's From the very beginning. hard to change it. Once it it's goes. very hard to redo. Yeah. Or yeah. pivot on that. <laughs> That's a hard pivot. <laughs> hard pivot. We're seeing it now in toxic yes. environments. How do you then strip yes. out toxicity? It's just really tough. So how do you not, how do you build it without that toxic element? So that's well, and then the, the liability of that now, Yeah, you know, if you oh, think it, of the liability of that kind of culture is very like, that can be devastating to you later it, as a company or board person, if you're going to go public, that kind of, those environments, you have to really think about this may impact you way down the road. And most people don't think of it because they're in the day-to-day weeds of what they're doing, but it's very critical. And it's pricey, right? It's pricey. It's expensive later. If you don't solve it earlier, it'll be expensive later. And, and so resident leadership is really an adaptive leadership. Those are my two books. And Who, which is a more of a team we're hiring across the franchise. And, and as we think about team, particularly in COVID, which is challenging, mm-hmm. we're building team, remote teams, et cetera, is a uh, the things that I think about all the time. And then on the fun side, I listen to uh, a lot of world music in particular. I'm just, I've been deeply into Afrobeat movement. Afrobeats and Afrobeats. So I have the old stuff, the Fela Kuti, old Nigerian, older Nigerian music, but also the Afrobeats, kind of the young hip, the Kids and the Davidos and those guys, Tua Savage. And just, there's just a whole melodic universe of young African talent and musicians that's just so fun and fresh and danceable and you know light and also respectful and loving (laughs) I have to say I'm feeling that yeah so I think that's my balance great music great you know wonderful pan-African music and and I listen to a little classical a little opera a little some other stuff but mostly the upbeat stuff and yeah and then my reading awesome That's wonderful. So here's your bonus question. In two years, when we're speaking, how do you see venture or investing have evolved? Clearly, you will have evolved it. How do you see it evolving? I I just see an increase because of this last year, year plus of, of really looking at ourselves as a nation and seeing all these a lot of ugly bits there, I have to say, mm-hmm. but there's also mm-hmm. both sides as well. And I think there's been some aha moments by influential people that actually do have access to capital and that are looking to, and, and they're thinking about money and investment capital and all of these words that we take for granted, finance, all of that different. They're looking at it differently. I'm hearing it. This is my part of my business every day. We have right. LPs or service providers or folks in the ecosystem on the LP side and on the GP side saying, I'm thinking about this differently. And I think that's an that's opportunity good. to drive yeah, more investment. There's a lot of, another thing is the myth of there's not enough. I think we're starting to understand capital is in 
in some ways limitless. I know that's there's a lot of capital out there. There's absolutely a lot of capital out there. If you can do a SPAC, 500 million, 500 million or billion dollar SPACs, there's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of money. A lot of money out there sitting just collecting interest and doing some other things that might not be as great for planet and therefore people. And so um, I think that we're, I think it's, I think there's going to be a bifurcation of who really invests in the next generation of solutions. But I think with some, with some tailwind, some headwind, I should say, and some, and with an ecosystem that's of support, similar to the groundwork that, that partnerships laid for investment across the continent. Now we're seeing these big acquisitions and big investments, which I'm really proud of being one of the many that, that really doubled down on angel investing and building these conferences and networks and tech hubs and labs and all those things that we've done over the years, doing that in this space is going to yield a lot of, a lot is going to, it's going to start to create a little bit more of an equitable playing field. And we have a long way to go. We're at, we're at fractions of 1% here, but I think that's what's required to get those numbers and move the needle. A hundred percent agreed. So how do people contact you? If you're a you know potential partner or LP, feel free to reach out to me. I probably we're I'm shifting some things internally right now, but I'll say you can either go to our website at www.bcinclude.com, my email, which is a little bit <laughs> backed up right now, I will say, but is by he at bcinclude.com. And feel free to, to reach out to the website has more information around folks that can, you know, dial in probably quicker than I can. I'm here and moving forward and invite folks that are able to continue to expand the mission to, to join us. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bahia Yasmin Robinson Correct. from VC Include for being our guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thanks so much. It was so great. Thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin trailin.com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>